we are like the Maury Povich of podcasts. People come oh. to this show because it's a train wreck. I'm giving this podcast three stars. The host keeps yelling at me. The people have clearly spoken. Check out Whatever with Jason Soto on Anchor, Apple, Google, wherever you get awesome podcasts, or you can go to the home location at rabbitholepodcast.com. Second thing yes. I want to talk about is I want to talk about urination. I want to talk about peeing specifically. See what happens when Jason throws out the segments. This is what we get instead. Everything we do here at Rabbit Hole Podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash rabbit hole pods and try it absolutely free for 30 days. You can download any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want. And after the 30-day trial expires, you only pay $14.99 a month. And you get even more content from Audible. If you decide to cancel at any time, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you've downloaded thus far. So why not give it a chance? Again, that is audibletrial.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. When you use that link, you help us out here at the network. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. For as low as $1 a month, you get to hear episodes early, check out bonus content, and all other kinds of great goodies like access to our Discord or join us whenever we go live on Twitch. Again, that is Patreon.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. And a huge, bigly shout out to all of our Patreon members. You help make all of this happen. Welcome to the Word of Hellmouth podcast, where we are going through the entire series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, episode by episode, re-watching and discussing everything that is Buffy and the Scoobs. We are back with Season 2, Episode 15, Phases, which aired on January 27th, 1998. We are in January 98, folks. We start this episode on Sunnydale's version of Lookout Point, where a werewolf taunts horny teens. The mystery of who the werewolf is becomes the centerpiece of this episode. Though it opens the door for more secrets to be revealed about a bunch of people in Sunnydale. We also meet one of our first out-of-towners and deal with the fallout of the Buffy and Angel breakup. I am Heather Baxi Walsh, and joining me for this transformative episode is Mark Armstead. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing awesome, Heather. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So I have a question. Going Ooh. back to your high school years, oh, God. do you have any like lookout points or places where the teens went to make out and get their dirty on? <laughs> so I went to high school in Baltimore City. There was no lookout points. <laughs> like that, there was, it was it was a very urban place, of course. It's Baltimore. So we did not have that particular, you know, teenage trope. Kids got it, kids got it on like in the in the hallways, like the stairwells and shit. It, it was terrible. But that, that was, <laughs> there were no cars and grassy knolls to look out over the, the city skyline. No, 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 no. <laughs> we didn't have one either there was no lookout point i i don't i don't I, and I wonder if these like actually exist anywhere and i'm in suburbia just outside detroit so we we are when i was growing up we were actually close to some areas that were it was mostly farmland but not like woods or hills or anything like that so you could go make out with cows in the background and someone's farm but you had to drive a bit to get there i don't think oh, it was wow. worth it the best we had was this um, drive called <clears throat> Heinz Drive that's actually like a, it's a flood basin that they turned into a park that goes all the way from Detroit all the way to the city called Northville. I go running there all the time, but it's not even a good place for making out because there's really just creeps and you don't want to be there. It's dangerous, right. not for werewolves, but like real people. So nobody really exactly. even would go there for that. I made out there once as a teenager and I was like, no. No, I would yes. much rather go do this in the driveway or behind the movie theater. Right, right. And now that I think about it, the closest <laughs> thing to a quote-unquote lookout point would be Clifton Park. And for anybody who's listening to this in the Baltimore area, 
you do not want to be in Clifton Park after dark. Like it's a golf course in the middle of the city, which is like, why is there a golf course in the middle of the city? It's, it's very like interesting. GTA five. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, but <laughs> that's the only place I can think of. And I, I don't know anyone in their right mind who would, who would want to do that. A lot of things happen in Clifton Park after dark and none of them are necessarily good. So <laughs> I can't foresee anybody going in to make out. Oh, that's fantastic. This episode starts off with the lookout point. And this is something we see so often in TV shows. It's a big, big trope. And it's been around since, I mean, since TV was black and white. <laughs> we would see... Mm-hmm. We would see makeout points or some hills overlooking a bluff. Like, did every town just have a bluff? It's just like every teenage kid has, like, the coolest bedroom ever that I was always jealous of. Yes. <laughs> this is one of those things that every town had, their makeout point. Mm-hmm. And this is how we start the show, with kids making out. So if you are, you know, familiar with horror of any kind, you know that this is not going to end well. But... Oh, no, it doesn't start off with there. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. We start off in school. We start off in school. I wanted to get to the horny kids. I'm sorry. I know. I'm looking at us like, wait a minute. And I hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Did I imagine the first scene? No, and the first scene scene is noteworthy, too. It's really funny. So we don't want to pass it off. It's a fun callback. So we have Oz. Oz is in school. And he's looking at the trophy cabinet. And he's specifically looking at the cheerleading trophy. And he's kind of like looking at it from side to side. Willow comes up and he says, hey, it looks like the cheerleader trophy, the eyes are following me. And I like it, which is quirky, you know, us. Us, But if you guys remember, this is what, episode two or episode three of season one, the cheerleader episode? Where, you know, Amy, the witch, or Amy's mother, you know, she became the cheerleader. So she's trapped <laughs> in that statue. And she's staring at Oz. So it's a very fun callback from season one, if you guys remember that. And it's a nice little foreshadowing of what is to come. So if you've forgotten a little bit about Amy and her mom, you're going to be reminded. Not in this episode. But that was fun. That was that was yes. a good laugh. And the, the typical awkward Oz and Willow greeting. Hi. Yeah. Oh, hi. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> They're yeah. so cute. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's adorably awkward. It, it is It is Wonderful. just the, the, the sweetest, most awkward conversations. So they go back and forth. And then uh, Willow walks away because Buffy pops up and, you know, they go do their, you know, scoob thing. And then we're introduced, well, I should say reintroduced to... Larry, the asshole, football yes. jock. Yes. So Larry begins talking to us in a very, you know, machismo, uh, lughead, misogynistic way. Like, hey, awesome. us. I like that. Right. Like, you know, you're a senior and she's a junior, which we didn't know at this point that Oz is older than the school began just by a year. But yes. Oz is a senior, didn't know that. I mean, Big man on junior. campus. Right. And Larry's like, hey, you know, what are you going to hit that, essentially? You know, a very just typical, you know, jockey type of, you know, conversation. So, uh, and that's not us. I was like, no, that's not what I'm about, dude. You know, that's, you know, he he, he dismisses it in a very us way. So also, then I, it's, hmm? it's the two of them interacting. I look at them both and go, you two aren't friends. Oz would not friend you. You're right. You're a jerk. Go away. Leave Oz but, alone. <laughs> in what <laughs> universe? In what universe would the Jack ever just strike up conversation with the alternative kind of quirky kid? It doesn't no. typically happen. No, it was very strange, and that's exactly what I what I thought. But I mean, it, he is he Larry is projecting at this point, so we are watching him go over the top. So I guess he would kind of want to do that with anyone who's listening, any, any eager ear that's, that's listening. So maybe, maybe that was intentional. Right. Right. Could be, could be. So moving on, uh, Willow and uh, Buffy are talking and Willow is kind of gushing about Oz to Buffy and she's lamenting over the decision. You know, he wants to take things further, but he wants me to be okay with it. You know, I typical teenage stuff. 
However, what kind of frames this whole conversation is what has happened with Buffy and Angel for the last two episodes. For those of you who weren't listening or following along with this, uh, Buffy lost her virginity to Angel, which thus made him lose his soul. And Angel is back to being Angelus, and he's evil, and, you know, he's now tormenting Buffy. So Willow being a typical teenager, she's had this conversation about, you know, she wants to, you know, how, how can she go about doing it and all that. And, you know, she, just basic kind of teenage things. And she kind of forgets that the, honestly, there's no better word for it, the trauma that yeah. Buffy just went through with a similar situation. And she kind of, you know, like, oh, wow, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I forgot this all happened to you. And Buffy being a trooper, she's like, it's okay. You know, I love their friendship. They are so, right. so supportive and loving and caring for each other. Uh, it's, it's like, that that moment right there was it was so so sweet and then they make mm-hmm. you laugh <laughs> yes so now we're at lookout point <laughs> yes. now we're at lookout point sorry it, i got excited we're at lookout point and xander and cordy are i, I don't want to say mid-coitus but no they're making out <laughs> You know, it's pretty hot and heavy. It's pretty, it's pretty hot and heavy. Yeah. And so now everyone knows about everyone's relationship issues. Buffy and Angel on the outs because Angel's a fucking demon again. Uh, Xander and Cordelia are now a known couple to Willow and Oz. And so, of course, Willow has feelings about that. And now while Xander's making out with Cordelia, he's lamenting to Cordelia about Willow and Oz's relationship. And Cordelia's like, okay, what the fuck? Now, Cordy is no angel. We, well, not angel as an angelist, but she's not a good girl necessarily, you know? And we are well aware of that fact, as is Cordelia. But she does raise a very, very uh, important point about Xander in this particular situation. So they're making out and all Xander can do is talk about Willow and Oz. When he's not talking about Willow and Oz, he's talking about Buffy. And Cordelia's like fed up with it. Like, hey, you're in my dad's car. You know, we're at lookout point, And all you can do is talk about Willow and Buffy. Like, what the fuck, man? You know, this is like height romanticism right here. And he's like, yeah, you're, you're right. And they start kissing again. And he hears something in the bushes. Like, what the hell is going on? Uh... Like, it, it, like, what does Cordy say? She, she she has like a smart quip about, oh my god, can you just like hear Willow in the background or something? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, he's like, like I don't think so. They hear it again, of course, and then we see our creature of the week, the the werewolf. He he punches through the soft top of, of uh, Cordelia's scar. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, too, what I like about these first two scenes is that we both have Willow. And Cordy, and they're both like, I want some more physical affection here. They're the ones that want it. When typically, I mean, that's that's more common now, but it's been 20 plus years since the show came out. Girls mm-hmm. being the aggressor and being the ones who want to push those situations was not as common then. And I can tell you from my own experience, boys, because it would be boys, do not always respond very well to women going, I want to be the aggressor in this situation. Now, Oz and Xander are for completely different reasons here, which we will, we know Xander's because Xander sucks. Oz's we will find out later, but it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. And I'm curious as to what perpetuated Joss to actually switch it. It's one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, Joss, you were again, you were so aware. How are you not aware? <laughs> yes. like That's great. <laughs> <laughs> gifts <laughs> gifts are god given i tell you like it's divine like just people can like people have certain gifts and i think ideas just handed to some people like the ability to write these characters but also be so self unaware that you're yeah. also a dick it's, it's 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 crazy how it works it really is it it's is. crazy it so is so like, we, we be, get yeah yeah like how can you be so right and so wrong at at, at the same damn time it's, it's it is mind bottling mind bottling no boggling yes I, it's both <laughs> yes it, it definitely is so 
after that, you know, we, we see the werewolf. Uh, we kind of jump to the next day and they're in the, uh, a very interesting place. Like, I don't think we do much things in the parking, like in the parking lot of school. No, so they're not too often. Usually it's at night too. And they're, they're vampires or monsters. They're running from, they're exiting Giles car. There's not actual like scenes that take place there very often. Right. So they're in a the parking lot at school examining Cordy's vehicle. And they're like, Hey, we have werewolves now. Like, Oh, that's the thing. We didn't know werewolves existed. So uh, they're talking about it. Giles pops up like, hey, we need to do some more research. There's some light banter about, you know, full moons and how that works. And apparently what we have discovered that uh, the full moon is actually that night and not last night. So that raises some questions about, hey, how does werewolves work here? Because the full moon happens one or two nights, but it wasn't say a full moon the night of the attack. So a question for a later time. Uh, we then jump to the uh, the gym where there's a self-defense class happening. Did you have self-defense classes in gym? In I was, that's actually a question I have written down here. I wanted to ask you the same thing. No, we didn't. Oh. I would have loved it. And I think actually we should. We absolutely should. It's a great idea for men and women. Um, sure. But, but... Yeah, we did not have one, <laughs> but it really did set up for a, a fantastically amusing scene. Absolutely. So Larry, absolutely. Larry's there and his arms all bandaged and he's being loud and obnoxious and insulting to everybody around him as he usually is. Oz is standing next to him again. For what reason? Who could know why Oz is near Larry? But Larry makes a comment about, I got 38 stitches in my arm from this dog that got me. And he's trying to be all, all tough and shit. And he's not. And Oz is like, oh, I've got this little cut right here because my nephew, he bit me. See, it's a little boo-boo. <laughs> and, so and Oz is not trying to be disparaging. That's the best part of it. Oz is just like, yeah, man, I got one too. That's 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 the same. So that that's happening between them. Meanwhile, Willow's like, Buffy, listen, you've got superpowers. You can't use your superpowers here. You have to be weak. And Buffy's like, oh, yeah, no problem. And listen, what happens here is exactly what would happen with my temperament. So Larry and Buffy get paired together. And Larry, Buffy's. Buffy's doing good. Larry's doing his stuff and she's pretending like she can't escape him. And then he says something misogynistic. I don't have it written down what he says. Yeah. But he says something weird, like, oh yeah, you know, you look good bent over. Something along those lines. Yeah. Something like that. And Buffy just grabs him and flips him right over. Oops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. Because oh, I he think had what it com- coming. <laughs> What led to that was Larry being really like pederish, you know, like just being a, a pederast, a, a disgusting person with Teresa, uh, a oh, new yes. named student. And we kind of all know what happens to students we see for the first time, they give them a name, you know, but we'll talk more about that later. But Larry wanted to go after Teresa and but said, oh, hey, no, we're partners. We're going to, you know, you're my partner. And that's when Willow warns uh, Buffy about, hey, take it easy. But what happens, happens, because Larry fucking deserved it. <laughs> and we all cheered watching that. And I know that we all did the first time we saw it. It's a good moment. It was great. It was great. So we finally find ourselves in the library where Giles gives us our werewolf ex- exposition dump. So we're, we're now looking at werewolf, and we are determining that, one, uh, the full moon represents for werewolves that interior part of themselves that they keep kind of, you know, hidden, you know, it unleashes the beast. So as, you know, the cycle of the moon, you know, it's ebb and, not ebb and flow, wax and wane. That Those are the words. There the moon <laughs> waxes and wanes. The day before and the day after the full moon is when uh, werewolves can change. So it's not just on the full moon day, night rather, but the night before, the night after. So we have a three-day cycle, a three-night cycle of, you know, the werewolves, which makes it kind of helpful because if it happens just once a month, that really, you know, draws out an episode. (laughs) But we're now understanding 
how werewolves work in the Buffy universe. So yeah, Buffy this- says it's basically all typical male behaviors. And Giles says that's quite a conclusion to jump to. Buffy says, I only walked. And the conclusion was there. There was no jumping. <laughs> but but which which is a great, a great Buffy moment. But and Giles being the voice of reason as he often is. But what is interesting and what they're really starting to kind of split here is is kind of this male and female side at this point. We have Cordy, Willow, and Buffy all dealing with guy crap and the guys being what would be considered typical guy behavior, even though none of it actually is. So it's it's kind of like the dance floor being divided at the moment is what's really, really happening here. And Giles is the teacher standing in the middle going. <sighs> <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, Buffy and Giles are now going, they're patrolling, not just with vampires, but they're now patrolling for a freaking werewolf. Yes, uh, and they are in a no-kill also, because as Giles points out in his exposition, the werewolves are unaware that they're werewolves. They don't know. So the human they're human all this other time. So the plan is to capture, not kill at this point. So they're patrolling and they're looking to capture Wolf Boy or Girl. Yes. Wolf person. Yes. Wolf person. So, Thank you, sir. <laughs> wolf person. Oh a were person. What are you a were person? Were person. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the rare person. So um, they're patrolling, they're hunting, and uh, a strange thing happens. You know, while Buffy is out in the forest, you know, doing a patrol thing, she gets caught up in a trap, like a, what, what, it's one of those camouflaged net things that pop yeah. up in the ground. Do you know There's a better down? word for it. Like, I wrote down bees in a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, I'm so sorry. I have so many notes like this for this episode and the next one. You guys are in so much trouble. I was in a weird mood last night. Small <laughs> tangent. If I if I say it again, I, I will definitely send it to you. But there is a, it's it's old as hell because the song is old as hell. But there is a meme circulating of Samuel L. Jackson in a pink bob wig, painting yes, bees in a trap. So the next time I see it, I will send it to you. <laughs> but yes, bees in the trap. I just, I just think of Samuel <laughs> Jackson now. Think of bees in the trap. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh. Okay, so sorry about that, but we, I, I couldn't leave that on the paper alone and not share it with you all. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, so, so Buffy, is- Buffy is in the trap. <laughs> yes, Buffy is caught up in a net. And who the hell sets a trap for the, the, the Slayer? Well, a person who wasn't hunting the Slayer, but another person who was hunting werewolves. Now, does the werewolf hunter have a name? Because I didn't catch his name. He, I think he did. I think they, he gives it to them, but I wasn't paying attention because he was pissing me off so much. Yeah. And I completely so. forgot about all of this, by the way. This was a, all a surprise for me. When I, I saw the net, I was like, oh, is this Angel? I, me I could- too. Okay, good. Yeah, I thought yes. it was Angel. I thought it was Angel. I'm like, oh. yeah, I had no idea. No idea. I forgot. Right. I forgot so much of this episode. It was great. Yes. So we're going to call him Hunter Douche because it's, Hunter it's Douche, very, I like it. <laughs> it, it. It is very appropriate because he's a hunter of werewolves and he is a douche. So, of course, Buffy gets snatched up in a trap. Uh, Giles comes running and we are faced with Hunter Douche. Uh, they exchange words. We find out the hunter douche is a hunter of werewolves. Uh, he has a chain around his neck of the teeth of the werewolves that he has killed. Now, as we mentioned earlier from the library exposition, werewolves are people 28 days out of the month. Uh, and the werewolf hunter is like, I know, that's why I hunt them for those three. Yeah. So Such he does. Yeah, he does not have the qualms of murdering these essentially innocent human beings who are having a, a bad three days. Now, how many of us have ha- have have had a bad weekend? <laughs> you know, I no, know. That's, 
that essentially is a werewolf, you know. One one I was a know, werewolf all week this week. I assure you. I am not one anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like but he has no cause of killing, you know, these people. Uh, but but before he goes, he does offer uh, not unwillingly, but he didn't mean to do this. He did offer a little insight to werewolves is that werewolves are attracted to sex energy. <laughs> like, yeah. Sex yeah. energy smells, you know, you know, that that lustfulness um is what attracts werewolves. Now they were hunting for the werewolf at Lookout Point because that's where Xander and Cordelia first saw him the night before, but he was not there. So the hunter's going to go look around other places, warning Buff because he she's just a little girl, a blonde girl looking for, you know, a werewolf. Yeah, he for makes some, some innuendo reason. about Giles and her too, which Giles puts the smack down on that pretty quickly. I fucking love Giles so much. Watching this again, I've always loved Giles, but I love Giles so much more now. It's ridiculous. But yeah, Giles uses his his verbal acuity very well here and and corrects the douchebag. But yes. <clears throat> but yeah, he alludes to Buffy and Giles as being a thing. And I'm like, ah. Right. Yes. Giles shuts that shit down real quickly. Giles is such a dad. He really is. He's a good dad is what he is. Absolutely. And we're saying this more and more as, you know, the the season and overall the uh, the, the series goes on that Giles is definitely a a, a father figure. So, Douche gives the idea of, okay, werewolves, not vampires, werewolves, werewolves are attracted to, you know, lustful energy. And they're not at lookout points. So Buffy's like, okay, all right, so we're going to go home now. But this gives, Buffy, this gives Buffy an idea where they could possibly be. And where else would teenagers with raging hormones be if they're not at lookout point? At the bronze, at the bronze, dancing and drinking coffee and hanging out with people too old and maybe having mixed drinks and solo cups at the bronze, listening oh. to angsty music. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I want to go to the bronze just once, just once. Oh, and be me really too. disgusted. Like, oh, God, no, this is horrible. We'll be the old and creepy people there. We would. And oh, God, I don't deserve that. Another small tangent, Heather. So, new meme <laughs> out and about, you know, in, in, their, in, the, in the internet streets. Where do 35 to 40-year-olds go to hang out? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the problem. Where do 35-year-olds, 35, 35 to 40-year-olds go to hang out? And, like, the multiple responses, like, they don't. They, they, they stay home. They stay where they pay bills. And they we sleep. We go to sleep. We go to sleep. Yes. We're tired. We watch shows. We do podcasts. <laughs> right. But I'm like, oh God, like I do enjoy going out. I'm going out tonight. Like I I miss going to bars sometimes, but also bars are so infuriating and like God, why is it so noisy? Like I I'm know. going to see a friend <laughs> I'm going to see a friend's show tonight. And I love the fact that they sell earplugs at the door. Like you pay to get in and they sell dollar earplugs. I'm like, oh, this is so fucking awesome. I love this. Appreciates that so much. So much. I do though. I appreciate too. Mark Mark said earlier last year in 2023 that he really wanted to start going out more. And he has actively been doing so. And I'm very proud of him. I want Thank to you. as well. I want to as well. I'm <laughs> I'm trying to say yes a lot more and do that a lot more. But what I really want to do, and I can guarantee you I would go out, is if somebody would take my ass dancing. I don't care if we go to somebody else's wedding and we crash it. I I just need somebody just just please somebody come come to my house knock on my door and say go put on some hooker heels we need to go out get yourself hustled oh. up put some red lipstick on you are going to be a demon for a night and I just I need that so much right now that's, oh that's god it. that's uh, what I need thing. I need that that's what will get me out absolutely another thing that the internet has told us is that we millennials dance with our hands up the kids don't do that anymore they don't they raise don't? the roof. They don't put their hands up when they dance. No, that is a telltale sign of being an elder millennial. Apparently. Like, God, really? Don't they don't know. have fun. Kids today don't have fun. They don't. I, you I, gotta I, be I'm crazy. Convinced. You gotta let it go. Right. Listen, 
when I'm dancing too, I am not dancing for other people. I am dancing on my own personal stage. I am Janet Jackson. I am Madonna. I am, I am, <laughs> I am not, I am not dancing for anybody else but myself. I am dancing in the sheets. Yes, I am fucking dancing. I'll put my arms <laughs> up and be old. I don't care. What? Yes. Put your arms up. What does that mean? It's crazy. It is crazy. So we leave Hunter's Point. <laughs> we go to the bronze. Now, before we get to the bronze, we're at the uh, bronze dancing see- with our arms up, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we see uh, Teresa, who we met a little bit earlier in the episode. Oh. Yes. So Teresa is walking home from school. It's nighttime. And we see a tall, shadowy figure who is super, super fucking pale for some reason. I don't understand this cosmetic choice. Yes, it was weird. It was so weird. So we see Angelus, evil angel. And for some reason, I'm not quite sure of the artistic direction here, but I guess to kind of separate the angel we have come to know and love into this new Angelus character, but he is super pale. I mean... He he's grayscale at this point. Like it's yeah. like it, it's he's like MacBook gray <laughs> for some reason. You can and, practically see through him. Yeah, it's it, it's really awkward. Like why? Like that that was a choice. But he comes up to Teresa, and you know he's talking to her like, hey, do you know Buffy by any chance? He's like, oh yeah, Buffy's a friend of mine from school. Say, like, hey, you know, could you give her a message for me? And we know Angelus's messages for Buffy, of all people, aren't necessarily something that you can just tell. You know, it's there, there, there's some gravity there. So that happens. And now we cut over to the bronze where they have a, a good old mid-90s angsty time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm of the, I am of the age where I watch TV with captions on. And Me the too. song, <laughs> like, I, have, I have decent hearing, but it just, just helps me seeing catches on the screen. But the song lyrics here were just awkward. So like, what are they singing about? What is this song about? Neither here nor there. But it's just an angsty 90s song. And, you know, we're having a conversation between uh, Willow. Willow and Cordy. Cordy. Yeah. Like, friendly, chummy, it's, it's, bonding. It's a, Right, which is so weird because you're thinking, okay, they will be at odds at some point because you would think Willow will have some type of antipathy uh, towards Cordelia. Like, hey, you know, I love Xander, but you have him. But she has Oz now. So it's it's a very interesting yeah. conversation that they're well, having. I feel like it's kind of a... Well, I mean, again, too, this is very much so the the guys and the girls on one side. Willow has feelings for Xander still, but she's not in love with him anymore. She's mostly mad at Xander because Cordy is their enemy. It's not because it was a girl that he fell in love with. It's because it was Cordy and because he hid it from her. Those two things are really, I think, what have hurt Willow so deeply. It's not so much that he's with another woman or that she's still completely head over heels in love with him. She still has lingering feelings, sure. But Cordy, Cordy is one of the scoobs now. And it's not reluctantly anymore. She's become one of the scoobs. And along the way, she and Willow have been kind to each other. But now they get to bond over the same guy who's been a jerk to both of them. Mm -hmm. That's the enemy of my enemy is my friend in kind of a way. Even though Xander's not their enemy, it's still this, oh, you understand how I feel. So those feelings are mirrored in each other and they make a connection over that. Yeah. And they are definitely doing that. And also, by the way, Oz is in the room because he's in the band that's playing. And Willow's there looking at the band. So I think at one point she- Oh asked, yeah, she said she's I... a groupie. She said she's yes. a groupie. It's so cool. I, I think know, I'm a groupie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no, no. See, if the whole band was your boyfriend, you'll be a groupie. You're just yeah. dating, you know, the uh, the basis, which is fine. Oh, but- oh, there's a there's a great line that um, Willow says to Cordy too about Xander, and they both agree to it together. She says he's so busy thinking about what he doesn't have instead of what he does. 
Oh my goodness. The awareness there. Brilliant mm -hmm. on Willow's part, but also on our team of writers who have completely yeah. summed up Xander's behavior of the grass is greener on the other side. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So while they're, you know, they're having this moment, they come to this, this realization about Xander. Werewolf breaks up the party. Yeah. Crashes down. Werewolf is, you know, he's tearing through the place. Uh, Buffy shows up with a chain, tries to capture the werewolf, but she is By unsuccessful. Way, this werewolf, I mean, their budget, it's fine. I'm not making fun of them for that. They did good with what they had, but this werewolf's pretty terrible looking. <laughs> it is bad. Like, it's this is bad. clearly a And they a, really a show dude. his face a lot, too. They show his face a lot. It's funny. Yes, it is 1998. <laughs> it's funny, but yeah. It is not good. It's not well, scary, but it's funny. <laughs> it's fine, though. It doesn't change anything. It just it had to be said. It had to be said. Very true. So Buffy tussles with the werewolf. The werewolf gets away. And this I found very interesting. So the bronze is still open. The bronze people are still in there. Like the, the crew is just cleaning up the broken glass yeah. from the werewolf. Like, this is just an everyday occurrence, which it practically is fight. in Sunnydale. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But, like, there was a fucking werewolf I know. <laughs> at the bar. It wasn't and even it was a vampire like... with a messed up face where he could make something up. It was a furry monster running around. Right. And everyone <laughs> is strangely okay with this. <laughs> and it's like, y'all really? <laughs> really? Uh, whatever there's whatever weed they were smoking was not the same that I tried when I was younger. That's all I know. Like the the servers are just sweeping up glass and everything, putting away shit. Like this is, and while this is happening in the background, this is by no means the main point of the scene, but very awkward. So of course, douche hunter or hunter douche came up and he's like, Oh, you let him go. You had a fucking chain. You know, what are you gonna do with this chain? Why didn't you kill it? And of course, Buffy is very much a, a part of, hey, we're not killing this werewolf. We're trying to, you know, capture them alive. And the hunter's like, you're going to get yourself killed, you know, trying this, you know, this this bullshit. So, uh, dawn is approaching. It's almost daytime. And we find the werewolf. The werewolf is kind of passed out in a field someplace. And as the sun rises, we see that the werewolf is off. We got a naked Oz laying in the woods. Yeah. Yes. Who is also super pale, but Seth Green's a pale guy, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't have to put makeup on him. He's no, a ginger. No, no. He's a ginger. He I love my gingers. <laughs> Bite-sized ginger. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, Oz morphs from werewolf to Oz, and he's like, huh. Which is which is like his his main line, just the hmm. because that is so odd. Like, oh, that explains a lot. I should probably yes. go deal with this. <laughs> so, what I wrote in my notes for what's next is the best exposition ever. So, <laughs> we we fast forward. We're at Oz's house, and Oz is talking to his aunt on the phone. Like, hey, and I, we can't remember um during the gym scene earlier where Oz shows he got bit by his nephew or his He's cousin. He's got a little bite on his finger. <laughs> yes. I think his name was Jordan. He was like, hey, Aunt so-and-so, uh, is Jordan a werewolf? And we're hearing him talk to his aunt on the phone. We don't hear her. We just hear his his you know voice. Like, hey, is Jordan a werewolf? And <laughs> we are assuming that uh, the aunt says, oh, yeah, he's a werewolf. He said, oh, so how long has that been going on? Oh, really? Huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that tracks. So, in those four lines, it seems very lazy, but it's hilarious. It's hilarious, and like, it works because it's Oz, too. It's it's great. It's great. And then we don't have to travel over stuff we already know at this point anyway. But it puts it right. puts everything together. So, it it's literally like two minutes long, and it puts so much together. It's actually really brilliant, I think. It, 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 it truly was. like It's the perfect mm -hmm. amount of explanation how did Oz become a werewolf, because we've seen Oz for the last four or five episodes, if not longer. Like He's been a part of this season you know, in very small ways. We haven't always had a werewolf situation 
in this season either. So, you know, it kind of, you know, this is a very recent development for us within the last week or so, honestly, because he recently got bit by his his cousin and he had the mark on his finger, so he was still healing. So it wasn't that long ago. So that, you know, plays a part into this. So Oz now understands that he is a werewolf. Okay. So we're now entering school the next day, and there's now news. We saw what happened last night at the bronze. The news of Teresa's passing has been made apparent. Oh, we're skipping something. We're skipping some things. Sorry. So after the bronze, when the werewolf that we now know as Oz escapes the bronze, we see he runs into Angel. Oh, he does. Yeah. He runs into Angel who has just finished feeding off of Teresa. So Angel, you know, gets Teresa, he kills Teresa, and werewolf Oz runs into runs into vamped out Angel. And they kind of stare each other down and Angel kind of goes away. Yeah, he so, like mysteriously falls into the shadows. It's very dramatic. Yes. <laughs> so we're we're at school the next day. We're going, you know, Oz is on its way into the library with the rest of the schools. Yeah, it seems he, like he's gonna confess. That's what it felt like yeah, to me. It did, but it definitely he was walking urgently into the library right when Buffy says, Okay, now we have to kill the werewolf. Yeah. And Oz is like, ooh, you know, what what's going on here? So um the news about Teresa's passing has just hit the schools. You know, she was uh the report said that she was mauled. And of course when you use the word mauled, you're thinking, you know, tore apart by an animal, werewolves are loose right now. So, you know, you put two and two together and that's where we are. Yeah, and um, so, Xander puts together what we were initially led to believe in the beginning. We see Larry's big old scratch on his arm at the same time we hear about Oz's little bite from his nephew or cousin. And mm-hmm. Xander goes, I know who the werewolf is. I am going to go confront him. And I wrote down, Xander's stupid. He thinks Larry is the werewolf. Um, yes. <laughs> but so well, so he goes to do that and he takes off. So he thinks it's Larry. Mm-hmm. We all know at this point that it's Oz. So we're, right. we're wondering how that confession so, is going to go. <laughs> before we leave that scene, though, uh, Xander gets the idea, like, I know how a wolf thinks because of the hyena. Oh, thing. yes. Another, I think that's why I wrote Xander stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another callback from season one when, uh-huh. you know, Xander became the, the hyena pack and tried to S.A. Buffy. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we didn't like how the episode wrapped up because... Uh, Xander played as if he didn't remember anything from it because he tried to, you know, S.A. Buffy. And Giles went along with like, okay, you're a secret safe with me. And Buffy's like, hey, I thought you didn't remember then. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So he kind of told himself now. So Buffy now knows that he remembered what happened at that point back then. And yet Buffy isn't angry, which, uh, fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, but small side, no, small, just another callback. There's a lot of callbacks between these next two episodes. Yeah, there's next a lot. two episodes, which I always enjoy. But uh, yeah, so Xander, you know, thinks Larry is indeed the werewolf, and he goes to confront Larry about it. And that conversation <laughs> takes a very, very interesting turn. And looking at this now <laughs> as an adult. Like yeah, this 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 was funny. And this this is of course how they were handling this subject back in 1998. So it's a comedy of errors. So Xander is talking about knowing what Larry truly is. Xander is talking about Larry truly being a werewolf, and Larry's like, "How do you know what I am and who I am and all this stuff?" They're talking. They're, they're sharing it's, it's, language It's here. bonding. Yeah, it's bonding. It's a, yeah. again two unlikely characters bonding, just like Cordy and Willow were too. This totally mirrors right. that moment with these two. But Xander has no idea why. <laughs> Absolutely, and they're talking about two very different things here. <laughs> it's so, really funny. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It truly, truly is. But Larry, who has been the quintessential masculine, hypermasculine jock. Uh, and he's, you know, you know, he's kind of just 
sexually aggressive. Yeah, he represents case, complete and total toxic masculinity. Completely. Absolutely. So Xander thinks that, you know, they're talking about Larry being a werewolf, but Larry is thinking that Xander called them out that, oh, I'm gay. Larry's gay, everybody. Larry's gay. <laughs> he thinks Xander knows that he's gay because Xander's also gay. So Larry comes out to Xander, like, oh, you understand because you're gay. He's like, no, 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 that's not it. No, that, that, that's, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's just, it's it's hilarious, honestly. It's yeah, hilarious. The, and, and the backpedaling of Xander is, once he realizes it and the look on his face, it's it's really, really good comedy. It's it's one of his better moments, Nicholas Brundon's as Xander. He does a fantastic job in this scene when he yes. realizes what's actually going on. <laughs> the shift <laughs> is is fantastic. <laughs> it is and fantastic. And also, yay for Larry. He becomes the Knights good of Persia after this. <laughs> he actually does. He um, does. I, I forgot this that. happened so early on, too. I thought it was in, like, season three. So I'm ex- I was yes. excited. Repressed, so well, repressed homosexuality will do that to you. Repressed <laughs> sexuality will do that to you. But, so, comic relief, there is some levity there. Now, we did miss one thing with Willow and Buffy. Buffy instructs Willow, like, hey, you know what? Stop waiting for us to make the first move. You should be more direct and assertive yeah. and tell us what you want. This happened early in the episode, but it makes it'll that comes up a little bit later. It does. So after the Larry scene, Buffy and Xander are at the wake of Teresa. Which yes. is very interesting because you know, she was mauled by an animal, so to speak. But she has an open casket. <laughs> like mm-hmm. mauling an open casket. Also, it's really fast. It's less than 24 hours later. <laughs> yes. But it is Sunnydale. People die every day. So you got to get this in when you fit in. That's something we need to find out. We know how many graveyards there are and churches. We need to find out how many funeral homes there are. <laughs> right. So they go visit the body. It's an open casket. And they're like, hmm, she doesn't look like she, she's gotten mauled. She has a handkerchief around her neck. Oh, a vampire did this. So the werewolf hasn't killed anybody, which is a very, you know, great thing for them because Buffy was all on the bandwagon of killing the, the werewolf, which is Oz that we now know. They don't know this yet, but... That's what we were, you know, looking at. But she still feels guilty because she's like, oh, while I was looking for the werewolf, there was a vampire out there killing people. So Buffy is is dealing with all of the burdens. Again. Right. Right. So she turns away from Teresa. And of course, you know, she's thinking like, so what's going on? Where do we, the werewolf is still out there? What's happening? And of course, Teresa becomes a vampire and attacks Buffy. Buffy is, you know, being the vampire and of course, Teresa says, Angel sends his best. And that throws Buffy off of her game. It is diabolical. Diabolical. And this is only the beginning, by the way, folks. This is just the mm-hmm. beginning. But it's diabolical. And I literally wrote down here. This is, I, I'm going to be sharing so many of my stupid notes, you guys. So just bear with me. You know, I think this show went and got me an Angelus X. <laughs> i i had one of these he wasn't a vampire and didn't leave me bodies but i mean it was pretty damn close for a long time too (laughs) (laughs) like come on david boreanaz you ruined me (laughs) (laughs) oh god but yeah this is diabolical this it's it's not just the murder it's how he screws with her head because he does know her and that is what he says earlier on too is to kill buffy you have to love her this is true. This is true. So, it's dark. Of, of course, that line throws Buffy off of her A game and it gives Teresa the upper hand. So, Buffy's on the ground now. Teresa's on top and she's about to, you know, bite Buffy. And luckily, Xander is still there. So, Xander winds up staking Teresa. So, Teresa's been dispatched. Angel, again, because we just we're coming off of that big, you know, two part arc with Angel becoming Angelus, you know. He is still a threat, a diabolical threat at this point. Yeah. So, oh. oh, yeah. And here, too. So after Buffy dispatches, 
Teresa and does her duty, she's she's emotionally wrecked. She's dealing with compounded emotions here, tons of different things, guilt. She's dealing with hurt. She's dealing with regret. And Xander, who should be her effing friend, well, and that's what she's expecting, puts her head on his shoulder and he's doing, the, oh, my life is so complicated. It's not. You're a pig. That's the problem. There is no problem with Buffy. And I hate this too, because, you know, this is not, and this is, this is how a lot of women perceive all men to be, that men cannot be friends with you without wanting something sexual from you. And I grew up with mostly male friends. I, I was the girl who hung out with all the boys. All the boys were not trying to Xander me. Okay. That was not my experience at all. It doesn't have to be this way, but this perception is how a lot of women do see men. They are not all Xanders. I promise you there are far less Xanders than there are good guys out there. And the good guys don't have to say that they're nice guys. Xander thinks Very he's true. a nice guy. He's not. Xander's the problem. But yeah, so he's all, he's all, oh, my poor life, as usual, when Buffy's dealing with real shit. I really, really mm -hmm. hate Xander so much. Uh, he has his moments. He has his moments. He does. He does. And I forgive him in those moments, but most of the time, particularly in these earlier seasons, it's it's really rough going through with the crap he does. And he gets so many sure. passes. He gets so many passes. He does. He does. So now we kind of have like um, the next scene is like a montage of preparing while well, preparing. So we had the wolf hunter preparing because this is the last night of the wolf cycle. So he, the wolf, the, the hunter is looking for a wolf. Now, we also have Oz is at home preparing because he now knows that he is the werewolf and he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to kill anybody. So he now has, you know, chains and things to kind of get himself together so that, you know, he can keep his friends and society at large safe. So, of course, as Oz is preparing, uh, Willow busts in and she's ready to just throw down the gun like, hey, I like you. You like me. Let's stop playing this game. Yeah, which and of course, Willow, but really bad timing. <laughs> super bad timing. Like, it could not have been any worse, <laughs> honestly. So, while she knows she's being assertive and standing up for her feelings and telling uh, us how she feels, Oz is having you know, werewolf cramps, you know, the doubling over in pain, all oh, behind the chair, leave now, run, go. And we'll say, hey, what's going on? What, what's your deal? Of course, you know, he's behind the chair for, you know, makeup effects, you know, he pops up, he's the werewolf. Willow's like, holy shit, you're, you're the werewolf. And she runs. So she's running, she's hopping over, you know, she's running outside, she's hopping over fences and things. And of course, the werewolf hunter is in tow. You yeah. Know. So, and this part also, like there, there are definitely moments to this episode too, and particularly because I didn't, I didn't remember anything about douchebag hunter at all. I'm going, I don't really understand why he's here. Like, is he necessary? There's a lot going on. Why is he here? Once we get to the scene, we know why he's here because now we know that Buffy's not going to try and kill Oz. She she's going to try and save him. She's not going to try and kill him. So how are we going to put Oz in peril then? So we up the stakes by having Douchey Hunter here. That's why he exists at the end here. So at this moment, I'm like, ah, he makes sense now. And it's an opportunity <laughs> yes. to have a totally jerky character from out of town come in. Which in the right. future, some of those those out of towners end up being a lot of fun. True. Very true. So Willow is running from Oz. Oz is chasing Willow. And of course, Werewolf Hunter is chasing Oz. Now we go to the library. We're in the library. And Buffy is gearing up to look for the world because everyone knows that, hey, this is the last night, the full moon. We need to find this person now. Giles and Buffy are, they, they have a, a, it's a gun, but it has tranks in it and not bullets. So I love when well, they come up, they have to come up with like figure out ways to 
dispatch or save or do whatever to get the whatever the big bad that episode is too. I love I love the the research mode, blah blah blah. I love I love the whole entire bit of it. It always ends up being fun. And it comes together at the end and yes, it might be predictable, but I enjoy every aspect of it. It's fun. Absolutely. It's fun. It's fun. It wasn't as predictable in 1998 as it is. Today. No, 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 no. There's been so many of these shows since then. This is one of the first to really to really embrace it and do it right. Too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Willow runs through the uh, the doors of the library and she says, hey, you know, it's um, Oz. Oz is the werewolf. We can't kill him, but he's also chasing me right now. So uh, they're running. I think, well, they're now in the forest. I'm trying to think, Willow is still, is she like the bait in the situation? So I'm trying to think, Oz is running at the Willow and I think Willow he catches up to her, but yeah. he's he smells the trap or he smells something else that distracts him from attacking Willow. It, it is a trap set by Hunter the Douche. Hunter. Hunter Douche, yes. yes. So Hunter Douche now uh has Oz in his sights because Oz picked up on the trap that the hunter had set. And the hunter has silver bullets. So again, his intention is not to uh, you know, for Oz to live, he he wants to kill Oz and add he wants his, his tooth. teeth. Yeah, he yeah. wants his tooth. So, of course, you know he has Oz in his sights. Buffy and Giles show up, and they kind of you know they they fight. So they fight the. I think the hunter gets the hunter doesn't die, but he's dealt with, and now Buffy is fighting Oz the werewolf. And Giles has the gun. Oh, oh yeah. Should... Buffy has Buffy has the hunter's gun in her hand. Yes. And it's it's in Oz's mouth. And it's it's a silly fight, but it's a fun fight. So he's flinging right. her all around, and Giles can't fire the gun, and Willow's there. It's all a bunch of chaos, really, is what it is. It is. It is. At some point, the werewolf tosses Buffy across the room at across the clearing at Giles. Uh, everyone falls. Willow is able to get up, grab the uh, the the trink gun, and shoot Oz. So yeah. just neutralizing the werewolf. And she's like, "Oh my god, I shot him!" She knew she knew that it was like a tranquilizer, so it was okay. But she did just shoot the guy that she's really interested in, which is like yeah. her. Yes, which, which is total Buffy stuff too. I mean, they're constantly killing the people they love and sacrificing the people they love or stabbing the people they love. There's, there's lots of pain. I mean, if, if you're going to watch Buffy and we're only halfway through the second season, if you don't know yet that love comes with pain, we are going to teach you. <laughs> yes, God. Indeed. <laughs> so. So Buffy, um, Hunter Doucheman, he gets up and he starts flapping his jaws and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ah, says something about, oh, you would let elephants live and equal rights for werewolves. And he's he's just running off his stupid mouth. And Buffy's had enough. And she takes his gun. And she's like, you need to leave town and let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. And then she takes his gun and she goes superpower and she bends it. Yes. I love it. I love it. At she's like, no, point enough of this. Yes. The hunter doesn't know that she's the slayer. Like, no. we don't know if the hunter knows that vampires exist. Up until no. this point, Buffy was just some weird blonde pipsqueak with some old dude chasing behind her. But, you know, she kind of breaks in like, hey, you know, I'm tough shit. And he kind of scampers off. And then we show up at school the next day. Yeah, to do this, yeah. the summation, which actually starts with with Buffy. Um, and Buffy's outfit here, I went extra cute mod outfit with boots. Oh my goodness, I love this one. And also, Mark, I think you mentioned it before the show, not when we started, but Buffy's hair is very different. It's mm -hmm. kind of choppy. It's it's extra blonde too, which typically I don't enjoy, but I love it. I love this look for her. She looks so pretty. And she's also got way darker eyeliner. So she's got this kind of like almost haunted, sexy look about her, which also carries yes. on to the next episode, the next few episodes, I think. But I like it. But they like see Larry. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So when we saw Larry in the very beginning of the episode, a girl had knocked me out of her hand and she was like picking it up. And Larry made some kind of disgusting comment about her bending over to pick up her, you know, her dropped books and things. Now we're having a repeat of the of a similar scene at the end of the episode. And, you know, a girl drops her papers and Larry's like, hey, let me help you pick that up for you. You know, he's helping her out. So, you know, all gay men are decent people, essentially, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. My my experience is far better than with straight man. <laughs> I'm gonna so, say that much. <laughs> Larry, you know, you know, he he helps her pick up her items and sends her about her you know her way. And there's a little small conversation between Buffy and Xander, and you know, like, hey, Larry's different now. What happened? Because oh, nothing, no, nothing's going on there. He's you know, he's okay. So we kind of wrap up that piece there, and then of course the the main meat of the episode. This relationship between Oz and Willow, which is again the most adorably awkward conversations ever. And so sweet. I swoon. I swoon. And I'm not a swooner. You know, I'm not a swooner. I swoon. Yes. So uh, they're having a conversation, and Oz says, Hey, Giles says, You know, I have to lock myself up, you know every so often for the full moon so there isn't yeah, a problem. Yeah, for three days a month and then Willow goes, yeah, you know, three days a month I'm not really a peach to be around either which is cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Yes. <laughs> it is. But, you know, they're now, essentially, they're official now. You know, they they, they like each other and you know, everyone's on the same page relationship wise. Yeah, it's adorable. Beautiful thing and it's it's um I I've had this line in my head for years and years and I never remembered what it came from, but it's it's Oz and Willow. And it's it's when Oz is giving her the out. He's going, it's okay. I understand if you don't want to be around me for a while, because I've got this whole wolf thing going on and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot to process. I've got to process it for a while, you know. Um, and she's like, no, 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 it's it's fine. And that's when she drops the, I'm I'm a pain in the butt three, three days out of the month, too, et cetera. He's like, so, so you're. And she's like, I'd still if you'd still. Yes. I'd still if you'd still. And then he responds in kind. Oh, my gosh. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. And it's totally weed and talk. It's his language. And it's the language that all of his characters, you know, say. And you see it throughout all of his series. There is a certain way that Joss Whedon characters talk. And it's one of the things that I really, really love about these shows that you get immersed in because it feels like you're in kind of this different little world and click but it's 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 definitely Oz and Willow speak and it's so so sincere and precious and I love it so much I'd still feud still I even drew a heart I drew a heart my hearts look like butts but I drew a heart it's my butt heart. Uh, <laughs> and that's yes. the end of the episode that is it oh, I love this one it's a good one it is a good one it's a nice palate cleanser after, you know, the heavy uh, last two episodes. Oh, yes. Especially, too, since... And, and it's not, you know, totally focused on Buffy and Angel. We get we get care, we get get to know Osmore in this episode, which is great. We get to go deeper into the Cordy-Xander relationship that's evolving instead of them just kind of being background noise. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, we get to get we get to get the other scoobs more of a, a forefront in this one too. But and monster stuff, which is always fun. Indeed. Indeed. Do you have anything else you want to add to this episode, Mark? I know, I think we covered it all. Yeah, but um you want to jump to, you know, where you can find us on the internet. Uh guys, you can find me at Elite Since 85 on Instagram and Twitter. I said what I said. Uh, so, <laughs> shit posted about food, shoes, fragrances, and just random musings that have across my mind at any given time. Feel free to give me a follow. Oh, what about you, Heather? I don't, you have a new website. I do. I just launched my website. It's heatherbaxendale.com. Yes, my name is not actually Heather Baxy Walsh, but that's that's what we can go by. Actually, you can call me whatever. It's fine. I respond to things as long as they're not insulting. Then I respond like Buffy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
but yes, heatherbagsnail.com. You can go check it out. It has it has um, my book stuff on there, but it also has all my podcasting stuff. So you can see um, Word of Hellmouth stuff on there. Sign up for my newsletter too, because I will send our links to our podcast. So if you miss them every 1st and 15th of the month, you will get updates on my newsletter about our shows here. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram under HB Walsh, or you can follow my regular account where I shit post and do weird, weird stuff. That's header time 1981 on Instagram. <laughs> like bees in the trap, bees in the trap. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's been our show. Word of Hellmouth is hosted by Heather Baxendale Walsh and Mark Armstead. The show is edited and produced by the magical, spectacular, absolutely amazing and wonderful Jason Soto. We are just one of many rabbit hole podcast shows, so you should go check them out. Like anything you could possibly want. You want dead celebrities? We've got dead celebrities. You want music? We've got musical innuendo in your endo. That's right. You can find episodes of this show and any variety of others at rabbitholepodcast.com, Anchor, Apple, Google, and, you know, pretty much every streaming service that you can think of. The theme song is Noise Attack by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. And uh, that's been our show. So come check us out next week when we get into Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Grr. Arg. Copyright 2024 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcasts.com. Bananas and pajamas are dancing everywhere. Bananas and pajamas are wearing underwear. I don't think those are the words. Nope. Mm-mm. Jesus criminy. I wrote dingo. I wrote dingo on my own. I'm not allowed to be around anywhere unsupervised.